0: Okie dokie, a podcast for those addicted to the study of Scripture. Welcome fellow addicts, this is your safe place to O.D. Samuel!
1: Here I am. What are we going to talk about today? Today, as promised, we are going to continue our conversation with Dave and Caitlin from Blue Gospel Scripts. Yes! We are going to probably kick the conversation back maybe a minute or a minute and a half just so that for those that have listened the previous time, you can get a context of where the conversation is going. Good, And then we are just going to let the file completely play all the way in so that you all can finish out this conversation that we had with them um, so that you can receive even more good nuggets from their lives and their ministry and enjoy the conversation. So Paul, Samuel, Dave, Caitlin, take it away.
2: Part of what makes this fun speaking as the they Uh is watching kind of this gift of his develop too, because Mm. he's really gifted with unique perspective, things that, you know, because he's in his head so much things that kind of swirl around in there and come out in ways that really make you see something differently. Hmm. Or understand something differently, or just think about it, so you may not delight in you know being in people 's faces with hard questions, but I think I mean you excel at making people think, hmm. and we're all very appreciative of that.
3: yeah, I wish we'd all just sit around and think so we wouldn't have to talk that's right, you know what that's Did our I say that on a- we're
0: <laughs> we're bringing brains back. <laughs> Now, Samuel, when they say that they're trying to communicate in a way that gets people to think,
1: what's that remind you of? Uh, well, it r- reminds me of wrestling, like with what they said. I heard that common thread of wrestling with ideas, and I'm not, not thinking in the sake, sake of mental ascent, but thinking that leads to life change. Yeah.
0: What do you think every author of the Bible mm-hmm. was doing? They weren't Greek. They weren't trying to give you a bullet list. Here's everything you need to know.
4: Mm.
0: Except they the guy who wrote Chronicles.
2: You... <laughs> He's my favorite. Actually,
0: we'll argue later. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to give you enough information so that you knew something. And at the same time, they left enough space
4: mm. so
0: that you had to get in there and think about what was actually being communicated to you. Mm. The whole It's just filled with it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's super awesome, super awesome. Not as much with Paul's letters, maybe, because they have a point and a purpose, but he still does it. True. And it's amazing.
3: Yeah, and, and you only wish, you know, with the letters— not just Paul, but all the different letters. You only wish that some that they knew that two thousand years later we would be reading their letters. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they if they made it a little bit easier on us. But you know, it's okay. It's that's why there's all, been all these you know career lifelong scholars. They helped sort some things out for us, and it's all on the internet now. You can you can get yeah. wonderful commentary on every ber- verse in the Bible if you're if you're looking for help. And you
0: can find unwonderful commentary <laughs> on every verse of the Bible if you're looking oh, for. So it. True. Hey,
3: thank you, thank you for <laughs> including that as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know it is the internet. What are you going to do?
3: That's yeah, true. Yeah,
0: it's. no oh, hey, I'm going to do something with you guys that we did. Uh, we've only done one other interview. It was with a a man named Marty Solomon. Awesome guy. Neat yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. But I this is another one. It may be a staple for us, Samuel. I love this one. You guys, do you see the movie The Matrix?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you remember the part where Neo gets strapped in a chair? Tank downloads the program. Yeah. And when he's done, Neo, uh, Neo says,
2: "I know, kung I know fu.
0: kung fu." <laughs> yeah,
2: she knows it.
0: Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like a fantasy hypothetical or something. You can attach, you know, electrodes. You can hook somebody up in this chair, whatever you want to call it, and download the program. What are they going to get from Blue Gospel Scripts mm-hmm. if, if they, you know, sort of? follow it, and, and, and take it all in, if they could do it in a chair, what would it be like? What are they going to get?
2: They're going to know what the Bible actually says in a way that they can not only not only refute, but have it just, it's all right there. I know what to do with this. I know who Peter was and how he compared to um, Barnabas, and I know who, I know what happened to Solomon. I know what the heck Jude was talking about, about angels um, fighting over the body of Moses. Yeah, It's all in there. They have the word of God. I mean, this is what I want out of the project. They have it there ready to apply and not be confused about what it says or what it's for or to get it all kind of jumbled up.
3: Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking the word that is just blaring in my head for some reason is the word erased. Like I feel as if this particular format because it's meant to be the entirety of of scripture I think what it would be lovely if you know we if it could just be downloaded is sort of a a clean slate where you know particularly the long-term Christians like me. I mean I I I started reading the Bible at age 8 so i'm over 40 years in but a lot of those years were in church and so you know if i was not particularly motivated to read or going through a lazy time or a busy time i was getting my information from christian culture as opposed to from the word of god so yeah. there's there's definitely a bit of unlearning i've had to do in the last 5 years with this project it's it's you know there's I I don't know that I would have been able to articulate to you, Paul, like a a whole sort of succinct worldview, uh, probably, but it probably would have been based mostly on you know church land or Christian culture that I was really used to. I think that's probably what it—even though I was—you know, I love the Bible. I've loved the Bible since I was a kid. You know, I was like a choir uh, college—a college choir chaplain. You know, they picked me to be the little chaplain guy in the college choir. So I've always loved the Scriptures— but I it
0: didn't happen. Yeah,
3: I do believe that I probably would have, you know, regurgitated something to you that I would have heard as part of a of a of a culture, like a particular denomination or something instead of just a personal study of the word. So I think that I would love to see Christians and non-Christians alike uh, be able to um, get a get a clean slate of what the word of God says and make the connections, you know, not just verse to verse chapter to chapter and the whole story but really the connection of how that all relates to today and their real life yeah right uh, yeah. and again not not in the way a preacher does it preachers do this a lot and it's great and they they have a special gift for you know connecting this verse of scripture to maybe uh, something culturally relevant or something that maybe you can apply to your life today this is more about the whole big picture how that applies and and getting people ready for the next whole phase of history, which is you know we gotta be getting close, right, to the return of Christ. I mean, shoot,
0: every day closer. <laughs> I,
3: I believe he's looking for a bride that's ready. That's what I believe the scripture teaches. That and and we're not. And the one explanation for why he hasn't come yet is we're not ready. Mm. And I think biblical yeah. illiteracy is part of that. I think that uh, he's given us a whole bunch of stuff in there, and you know, everybody that 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 is out there saying you know, making themselves an expert or looking from the sidelines about how the Bible was put together and, and if they if they want to figure out, you know, how to how to just tear down the Word of God, I think that's, I, I'm certainly not the guy to debate with them. I, I'm not the expert on how the Bible, everything was canonized and all the history of all that. I'm more just assuming that what's in there is of some value and I want to explore what's in there. Uh, yeah. But those people aside... I think that it's important for us to collectively admit that we're illiterate, and then start in some ways with a clean slate. And if this, you know, if we're if we're successful in getting fifty-two episodes together, well, that takes one of the excuses away, right? Blue gospel That's Scripts right. now exists. So jump in and you know learn with us,
0: Samuel. Which parable is he speaking about? <laughs> oh no, you're putting me on the spot.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the parable of the wine skins.
1: Oh yeah new
4: yeah. wine
0: and new wineskins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Clean slate. That's awesome. Yeah. Samuel, anything else? No, I just think that they bring up a very important another very important reality of life that I mean, unless you're just so fortunate to have some type of mentor, teacher, family member that has been gifted like with clarity, God's narrative um, everyone is going to go through some form of like, deconstruction, reconstruction, hopefully God willing so that they can get to a better place of understanding like how to, how to best relate to God and your fellow neighbor. So I hope it's encouraging for all of us, you know, in this zoom yeah. call and then people listening to the podcast to say like, it's all right mm. to wrestle with that stuff. Like, yeah, because, God wants to walk with you in that too, because he wants to get you into a better place
0: yeah yeah, and this I, whole medium that you guys are using mm-hmm. the a little bit of multimedia, the songs the the scripted whatever mm-hmm. conversations all of that mm-hmm. that's memorable stuff mm-hmm. I, you know compared to say a preacher and, right,
3: and well, of course, nothing against preachers preachers are no. are <laughs> our partners, but you're right, it's like if it, you know why? When you go to a movie, why is there a musical score? Why are there musical breaks? When you go out, when you go to stage play, particularly Broadway musical. Why is music such a huge part of that culture? Well, it's because of the ABCs, right? It helps. It helps. Yeah. It helps us learn things and helps things stay, uh, stay with us for the long term. Paul, I was going to ask you: Is it okay? Am I making a correct assumption that your audience is is a you know, Christian audience for the most part? Or what What would be your guess as far as percentage-wise, uh, you know, followers of Christ that tune in versus, you know, uh, maybe just people who wouldn't claim Christ?
0: Yeah, my guess is uh, we're pretty near 100%.
3: Okay. So, yeah, I was assuming that, and I'm, I just want to maybe put out a challenge to that particular audience, you know, something that that struck both uh, Caitlin and I as we were working on, uh, you know, what on the surface might seem like a the lousiest script of the bunch, the Leviticus script. Uh, it's not, so by the way. Down. Spoiler alert: it's <laughs> you know? not That's the awesome. <laughs> wor- it's not the worst script of the bunch, but it would seem like it you know, from the outside. But what dawned on me there is how um, uh, how much training that that God wanted to put His priests through and it wasn't so that he could just burden them and unnecessarily weight them down with training he was very concerned about them being able to tell the difference between the holy and the common and and yes. make distinctions okay yes. which is a very very unpopular type of thing to do in a culture like ours and and very uh, difficult to navigate in a culture like ours because we have come such a long way when it comes to inclusion, right? Sure. Words like yeah. inclusion uh, are are very important to our culture and and should be right. There's plenty of evils that have been done, you know. Uh, I guess even in the name of of religion, and religion gets a bad rap for you know being part and parcel to things that are institutional and not good for culture. But you know on the flip side God God makes he makes distinctions you know in, in, and he wants us to be able to tell the difference between certain things and in Leviticus yeah. it was holy and common or holy and unholy you know put it in our vernacular good and evil right and yeah. it, it, when the lines become blurred between good and evil you know any any logically coherent you know, person can understand that that's that's the beginning of the end. When, when, and, yeah. and the Bible says, in the end, we will, in droves, be looking at something that's good and call it evil, and looking yeah. at something that's evil and call it good. Mm-hmm. That's just that will be a mark of the sign of the times that at the end is near. Mm-hmm. When we are all calling evil good and good evil, so you know, Christians need to not be lagging behind or just sort of. Falling right in with cultural trends and norms, uh, when it comes to just—I uh, don't know—a a cult of sameness, maybe would be the best way to describe it. That—that yeah. that is not how God sees the world. He does not look down at the world and see a whole bunch of sameness. He's looking at wheat and weeds. It's His field, you know. What makes us the same is we're all in His His field. It's yeah. His field, and
0: Eve. Even within yeah. unity mm. is not uniformity. Sure, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. God likes distinction. You see it in the entire creation story in Genesis one.
3: Yeah,
0: what is He doing the whole time? He's right. separating
3: things. He's
0: making distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and He didn't quit doing that. He likes distinction. It's, That's it's, true. I don't know. It's a good thing.
3: Yeah. yeah. In, in, in the New Testament, there's a script. Maybe you were getting ready to to to, to jump into that. In the New that Testament, does. there's a there's a script where, you know, we're, we're Making a point where God wasn't like a huge fan of Hellenism, which was the Greeks trying to make everybody Greek. You know that was right. That was not it's not His idea. You know he, he he does like the the notion of say you know uh, the Day of Pentecost where you have a whole slew of cultures that could be creating a culture clash, but because of the power of the Spirit. We're an amazing picture of cultural diversity, and everybody understanding things in their own language. The Bible says, right? Yeah, not not All one right. language. P- Pentecost could have been, you know, this one language thing. This let's let's make a let's make sameness here. No, it was it was a celebration of of a whole a whole bunch of cultures and, and uh, tribes and nations uh, worshiping the same God. And it shows
1: why God wanted to take down the tower of babel in genesis because he yeah. wanted humanity to work together in their diversity and in their differences
3: that's right so when you, so when you yeah. hear the sermon that says pentecost was a reversal of babel you know point out the fact that it well that's not quite true That's not quite true yeah. even though you know there was a scattering and then a coming back together it wasn't back to one language and one you know that's all now Uh, build a tower. That's not what Pentecost was. It was God's Spirit permeating through all the scatteredness and creating unity without uniformity, as Paul said very well.
0: Yeah, you know, most people don't know this because it's not actually in their biblical text, but in the the Jewish tradition at Sinai,
3: Hmm.
0: which is what Pentecost is celebrating. At Sinai, the tradition says that God spoke in the 70 languages. And that's like a, it's a symbolic term for the language of every nation that was present. Yeah. Because mm. the group that came out of Egypt wasn't a, you know, purebred or My whatever goodness. you want to call it. And so you see it repeated mm. at Pentecost and it's, Ooh, I got the shivers. That's right. <laughs> it's good. That's
3: right. Well, and you you're never, never so far from God that he can't reach you. And it doesn't matter right. whose you were when you were born. We all have the chance to be God's child through you know, something we can understand called adoption. It's, yeah. it's this thing I was saying earlier about God's children, not God's children. The real good news of the gospel is you can be a child of God. That's the mystery of the gospel. How can a piece of wheat, sorry, how can a weed get the same benefits or become essentially wheat? That's the beauty of the gospel, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> there are wheat and weeds, so don't be deceived.
0: That's right. Make distinctions. That's right. You know? yeah, it's so. a big deal now. Uh, so, so you're talking about uh, biblical illiteracy. You're talking about confusing good and evil. All of this stuff. This uh, this plays right into something uh, we had talked a little bit about. Just uh, hey, would you want to do this interview? What are things you want to talk about? Whatever. Mm-hmm. One things we were going to talk about. Uh, Was this uh, spiritual warfare? And I I know you guys—you're involved in in a lot of stuff, and so you've experienced some things. Just to kind of set this up, um, okay? uh, Samuel and I were walking through the Gospels, so we've seen a few a few examples of you know things like uh, people being freed from demons. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you got you got different people today. You got some who are thinking uh, there's a demon behind every bush. And so you'd say they're kind of exaggerating it they're they, you know they're they're acting like it's it's way bigger and more powerful than it is at least in relation to god mm-hmm. and then you've got the other pit side where you've got people who they want to diminish it, so uh, it's really nothing more than a myth and and you know a lot of times today and understandably they they try to wrap it all up in science and medicine and that kind of thing as if none, none of it exists it's all explainable right but but we know that somewhere there's there's this balance, if I could use that term, uh, reality would be another term, that you've got both. Mm-hmm. You have this spiritual reality, and some of it represents good things, and some of it represents not good things. And guess what? Because of that, our lives can be affected, filled, uh, d- dominated sometimes, whatever, by unpredictable, unforeseen things, right? and And... In the midst of all this, we can look at that and go, you know, this is all a part of spiritual warfare.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, mm-hmm. what I'm curious about, little behind the scenes stories. Now, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff have you guys dealt with on your journey that you know you want to regale us with? <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh uh, gosh, I love I love your. Heart and the way your heart and your brain connect because you're bringing up the stuff that probably needs to be discussed more you know kind of around the around a safe you know table where you can just ask some questions and 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 um, tell your stories and see if things are resonating with anybody else because that's because some of this stuff does make you feel like you're in a vacuum like when something bizarre happens right. and, you know unless you're unless something appears like a ghost or something and you got your phone all queued up, you know, how are you going to prove you know, it's, 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 it is tricky, right? But yeah, there are, there's absolutely, there's stories that are wacky. Uh, and I don't know if Caitlin has any personally that she wants to share right now, but I can maybe start with one. That's just the most bizarre thing. Uh, somewhere around the time when we were getting ready to stage the book of Job, my mother-in-law who lives with us was, uh, melting some butter on the stove She's done that the same way for 65 years because she's making baklava. I know you're jealous, but uh-huh. uh, she's from the Middle East and been making baklava since she was a teenager. So, never had any issues. You know, melt the butter, make the baklava, everybody's happy. Well, I'm walking through the kitchen when she's melting some butter. And our kitchen floorboards are already exposed because of some water damage we'd had a couple of weeks prior. And so kind of in the middle of a little kitchen remodel and I'm walking past a a melting pot of butter and Paul, that sucker exploded and I'm right next to it. I'm right next to it wearing like a, like a black leather jacket. And I, you know, as, as it sort of exploded all over the kitchen, I turned my back to it and butter all down the backside of this leather jacket so i was protected but you know wow. butter all over the under the you know the exposed floorboards now how are you going to clean that up it's all sub-floor. over the yeah. the subfloor it's all over the ceiling all over every cabinet and the you know made a huge scary noise my mother-in-law witnessed it so i have a witness thank god that, you know <laughs> it, we're trying to figure out what that she's thinking to herself what you know what did i do this time that i haven't done in 65 years and Nothing. She can't think of anything that would have caused that thing to just explode. You know, it was on, it was it was on low. You know, I saw the little flame there, and who knows? No you know way. Surely there might be some sort of scientific or culinary explanation for this, but we certainly can't figure it out. And you know, Caitlin could tell you because she's got a great memory. There was about a dozen things that happened in about three months, and that was just one of them.
2: It was a whole series of events around Job. So this water damage and and they can't use the kitchen, and they have to pull up the floor, but then this is damaged, so now they have to, like, get out of the house because the whole first floor is wood, so if you're going to (laughs) replace part of it, you've got to replace all of it. So they have to, like, get out of their house. We get to the Job show. Dave's, like, face is exploding in pain. He has to go have emergency, like, root canal the the day after the show. So he's doing (laughs) the show, like, you know, mouth throbbing. (sighs) Yeah. Out of their house for weeks, which is... Difficult with six people.
3: I had I had twelve basement. Uh, sorry, nine basement lights go out at the same time, and we can't figure out why. It wasn't like one circuit that put them out. It was like we when we opened up the ceiling to take a look. It was that they were all wired in a specific way, but there was no one event that caused them all to go out. They were all wired separately, and they all went out. So it wasn't a breaker wow. problem. It was like a wiring problem, but it, simultaneously, it all happened and little little things like this that just aren't normal you know for us it's not as if i can you know explain it all i just can't and i and i'm Mm -hmm. certainly not trying to convince your audience of anything i'm certain i'm just answering your question of weird stuff that has been associated Mm -hmm. with with this particular project and i'm hoping that's a good sign to be honest
2: Yeah. yeah we uh we hired julie to be staff that week everything in their house broke all their appliances, everything broke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a sound guy to come in and do a choir session for us last Saturday. Mm. And All of his
3: equipment was stolen.
2: Yeah. Someone broke into his truck and no has his church he, he, he's untouched.
3: Had, he's had the same truck sitting in the same spot untouched for years. years and he just had his truck <laughs> broken Broken into right
2: him. before the choir session that he's doing for us at a wonderfully reduced price and... This is the equipment he needs for the session. And, oh, yeah, I don't have these really, you know, I lost $4,000 worth of gear because, like, that's, we might be yeah, responsible sorry, for that. Sorry, sorry about that. We should have warned you. Our,
3: one of our newest narrators who does a wonderful job reading, reading Luke kind of in a first-person narrative through the Book of Acts is having heart surgery in a, in a week and a half because he's having now some recurring symptoms. He's a cancer survivor but was perfectly fine until a few weeks oh. ago. You know, starts working with us. <laughs> you know, again, yeah. who knows if any of this stuff is related, but it's happening. It is happening. I can't deny that. So to put
0: too fine a point on it instead <laughs> yeah. of not, I'm going to yeah, no. put one on. Yeah. I mean, how how does a intelligent, sane, reasonable person explain all of those kind of things? I mean, there's a there's a point where... Anybody has to look at stories like this, situations like this, and say, uh, wait a second. Right. This is not normal. Th- well, this is There's got to now. be something else involved here, right?
2: <laughs> so there, can I? Can Please. I, the way I look at it, and I'm a very like facts and figures, detail-oriented, logic kind of person. Um, no. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, the way I look at it in my mind, I had to write this down so I could say it properly. We don't have explanations for all of this. But the Bible, as David said, is really clear that there's more going on than what we can see. Mm, Yeah. There is an enemy. The Bible's very clear on that. Um, He's not omnipresent, not everywhere at once. So when he was working with Job, he wasn't working with other people. Mm. He's got helpers. We learn this from um, somewhere in Kings as God's like with the evil spirits. And they're like, hey, how are we going to trick this king into doing this? So God said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Mm. God allows it to happen, but tells us how to fight it. Mm-hmm. So, and David, you know, perspective. He looks at it as: all right, if I were the enemy of God and this word were being, especially Job, we see a lot of stuff around Job because Job mm-hmm. is like exposing the enemy's playbook. So, if I were the enemy and I were ticked off that my playbook is going to be exposed, how would I fight that? Well, I cause a heck of a lot of chaos in the life of the person responsible for it. Just whatever I can do to distract. We have a friend who describes the enemy as kind of a little yippy dog who's just constantly, you know, biting at your heels, just annoying as snot, but not a, it's not a lion. Right. So we learn, You, you ran across a quote somewhere too that said, the Bible is not necessary for us to know who God is. Bible tells us nature proclaims God. God is evident. God think, can be known.
3: Think of it a different way. If they took all the Bibles away tomorrow, would that mean that nobody will know God anymore?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think the answer is no. I think God is able to reveal Himself in many ways. But That's right.
2: the way to learn about who the enemy is is all written in the Bible. Yeah. So if you're the enemy of this kind of thing, you're going to ex- exploit people at their weakest.
3: Yeah, the, the enemy is all for biblical illiteracy, is what yeah. she's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. even, yeah.
2: even the people working on it. So the kind of yeah. thing I see has to do with maybe something only I can do. I get these terrible headaches if I'm doing something that you can't do or don't know how to do or no one else can do.
4: Mm.
2: I, have, like, I have to lay down and stop what I'm doing. She's just going to waste my time. I had a horrible car thing. that's just been a complete time suck for no other purpose than just wasting my time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm vulnerable to fear, and that's really easy to exploit. So we have a friend who's recovering alcoholic but didn't know it yet. So I went out and spent some time with him and his wife and came home and said, hey, you know, talking to his wife, I really think this guy's an alcoholic, and we got to talk to him. So we're starting to walk through this process with him. The day he finally says, yeah, this is a problem, and somebody takes him to his first AA meeting, so, like, I'm, I'm pretty, inv- we're, we're good friends, and I'm pretty invested in his walk at this point. We're having a recording session, and I'm not afraid of recording. I'm fine with it. We're supposed to spend all day recording. I lost my mind.
3: That's true. It was, a, it was definitely a one, uh, an anomaly. You were mm-hmm. in such a bad space was terrible with, with confidence or whatever it was. She was, mm-hmm. she was a total wreck that day as compared to a hundred other days we've spent recording where yeah. she's like a rock star.
2: Not, not yeah. afraid of that, yeah. but because I've invested in this guy's life and he's going to <laughs> clearly make a difference. Somebody's yeah. upset about that, knows my weakness and knows exactly when to just break it all down. So I would say about the way I look at all this and you can look at it differently, of course, because your brain is totally opposite. Mm. The way I kind of sum it all up is, well, Pay attention. And pray accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> Which was hilarious because this kind of growing sequence of events that happened to him when we were doing Job in fall 2017, he's asking for prayer for like his family and his house. So we're praying for that. The next thing that happens is somebody, like there's some sort of car accident with his wife, like just outside the house, in the neighborhood still.
0: Of course,
3: yeah.
2: So praying for the house isn't enough. Now you got to expand
3: yeah. What's your right? Yeah, somebody she manages had a kid have a seizure that week out of the blue. That's right. So now oh, she's my. having to manage that situation. You know, it's it's a little it's a little bizarre, but but again, from another point of view, it's logical, right? Mm-hmm. Here, here's what's yeah. here's what's illogical. If you're a Christian, is to believe God, you know, is who He says He is in the Bible, but to not. Listen to to the to the the words of Jesus when he's telling us clearly, you know what the enemy there is up will to. be trouble. Yeah, and and to just ignore the whole Old Testament where clearly you know there was possession even in you know how do you explain King Saul without you right. know demonic activity? I don't. Right. I don't think a Jewish person would would try to you know explain away king Saul's actions to just merely, you know, human actions. I I I should probably ask a rabbi one day how he explains mm. King Saul and and see, you know, that what the what, what the perspective is there. So, I, I I don't know. I try to keep a level head about it and and for the most part I you know, it's fine. I I, I from from a young age spiritual things were not Freaky to me. Um, you know, I want to know. I want to know yeah. things. Maybe to a fault. You know, I, I, at, at some point you need to rest in the mystery, right? Myster- well, sure. Yeah, my- Yeah, we can't know everything. Be yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: But well, prepare yourself that none of your electronics are going to work when it's go time. Case <laughs> in point this one morning. <laughs> right,
3: right. Yeah. Yeah, I've, got a, I've exactly. got a hard deadline tomorrow, and my computer seems to know that. So,
1: yes, of course. Paul, oh, maybe we can but, explain our electronic problems with po- podcast work to maybe something uh, deeper there. Yeah, I, I mean, you have not no just us. idea. You may want to wear, yeah. may
3: want to wear a hazmat suit for the rest of the night after this. <laughs> right?
1: <interview>. Yeah. <laughs> well, see,
0: this is great though because, I mean, and obviously, you guys are. I, I'm, if, if I could use this kind of language, you're, you're presenting a product. Right? It's, it's blue gospel scripts. It's, it's these videos, the story, all, the, all that stuff.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the face that everyone is going to see.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they're going to see Dave. They're going to see Caitlin. They're going to develop this image in their head of who you are, mm-hmm. just like we do with, I don't know, uh, movie stars or TV characters, or you know, whatever it might be.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But to hear this kind of stuff knowing, wow, they're, they're actual real people and and they actually struggle with things, and gee, uh, this isn't all roses. Maybe if I'm interested in them as uh, singers, musicians, storytellers, uh, illiteracy fixers, whatever you want to call it, mm. maybe I can invest in them with something more than just watching some of the videos. Maybe I can actually also join in with the praying and the the whatever just to I mean, it's br- making you guys human mm. is really important part of this interview all the interviews we're going to do because everybody's going to get to know the public side but but we want them to get to know you somewhat so I well, appreciate you being willing to share that kind of stuff yeah
1: just so people can know Samuel you got anything I'm just Doing a lot of reflecting now in my own life, trying to mm-hmm. think back to stuff. So it's, it's very poignant, for sure. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: Sammy Sammy's going, wait a minute.
2: Maybe that's what <laughs> <Yeah>. this was. <laughs> and, and like you said, you don't want to see it around every corner. You don't want to just blame everything. There are things you can do that are preventable, and you don't. But at the same time, there are things you can't really. Ex- we can't understand everything, right? We're not supposed to understand everything. Right. We
0: do this a lot when we're going through the scripture. Mm -hmm. We'll read some section of scripture and and we have to actually remind ourselves, okay, you know what? We can't ignore the fact that this is there. Yeah. We have to talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. Can't act like it didn't happen. So we address it. We try to address things head on. And similarly, when we're talking about spiritual things, okay, you can't act like spiritual beings don't exist. Because mm-hmm. we know they do God is a spirit being in, <laughs> in some sense, right and And okay, are you going to act like there aren't good ones and bad ones? so it in a sense, it's so simple and it should be so easy to accept, but society culture, etc, all that it, it, it can make it hard but Wow, yeah.
3: I think uh, as long as we're here, you know other than making a point to be authentic and seek the Lord you know these are things you can you can seek the Lord I guess in, in, from, a, from a certain point of view you can seek him alone right you can yeah. you can do so in study and reflection and prayer and so forth um, but you know we're, we're here on in this field all together and this is this is my father's world right this is God's creation we, we do know there is scriptural support for this is the world he created, and this is where we live. Now, all the rest of the story is where you've know you got to probably do some homework and, and figure some stuff out and work out your salvation, fear and trembling. But you can start with the beginning where he, you know, he, he created this place where we're living. And Jesus' yep. metaphor of the field with different things growing in it you know that that's what makes life challenging, right? It's 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 not yeah. our field, so we don't get to do all the weeding, right? And Jesus makes it very clear that both are, both things are going to grow together until the end of the age. You know, there's yep. there's a harvest later, but we are also not the harvesters. We're we're the things growing. We're the things harvested. And yeah, we you know what what does that look like for us? And in the meantime. What does it look like to basically keep growing? If you make the assumption that the weeds are gonna be growing, well then our responsibility is to continue to grow. And that's what Jesus prophesied is that both will grow together until the harvesters come. And he calls yeah. them angels. My angels will do the harvesting. That's I've got them queued up and ready to descend, you know. I'll so tell
2: my father and his angels that you're mine.
3: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> grow. Let's grow together. That's, you know, that's why I'm delighted to be here, Paul, with you, because I know that you have, you have that as a core value. And I, I, I think it's great that, that something like this now exists in whatever form that you release it, because I think it's, it, we're all trying to continue to grow personal growth, grow closer to Christ, grow, grow closer together, set aside time where we can connect like this. It's, I think that's about what we can do when we're not God. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's what wheat is supposed to do is <laughs> grow. Yeah. You know, so. yeah,
0: and that's that's a great image uh, that just the idea of somehow we are are supposed to be a thing. Now, there's a yeah. sense in which all of us as humanity, you know, there's a lot that overlaps. We are all supposed to be many of the same things, or much of the same thing, if you want to say it that way. Mm. And yet, at the same time, individually. I'm going to be and do something that's very specific to me, Paul. Mm. And that's not the same as you, Dave, or you, Samuel, or you, Caitlin. It's mm. all very different, but it all works together, a symphony of sorts, right? Yeah. And But in that, the, the the what this reminds me of, earlier you guys were talking about calling. Mm. You talked a lot about it with, with the at the table and, and reminding the kids, hey, you, you also— and, and I know that this is such a, a big, important topic for you guys, and, and you, you're, you've got so many hats. Your, your, your fingers are in so many things and awesome, good things. If, if we could kind of back away from all that, talk about the calling all by itself, or maybe, you know, in a generic form, away from the way it's, it's worked itself out or whatever. What, what is this calling of yours? You know, like, are, are you a, a kidney or an appendix or a toenail, or you know what I'm saying in the body? What is this calling yeah. that is Dave or Caitlin or both, or whatever?
3: -hmm.: You want to do the, our favorite quote?
2: Yeah. The, uh, it's from Frederick Beekner. "The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet."
3: Mm. Oh. Yeah, so it's kind of a oh, cool you know, thing to ingest, how do you how do you explain that to a kid? When I'm talking to my kids, you know, my, it was obvious when my daughter was young that she, she was a great dancer and had a lot of rhythm and just could move, you know, beautiful sort of soulful dancer and regardless of the style, um, and she does it all, and she's in school now for dance. As I think of the Beakner quote, you know, and as she and I talk about it, it's, it's interesting. Like that's her, what makes her, you know, most happy is that passion when she's dancing. But that's only half the equation, you know. It's, your happiness is half of the equation, right? If you stop with your happiness, great. We've just you know raised a whole a whole slew, a whole generation. You know, if we're going into schools and saying, "Hey, you know, whatever makes you happy," it's it's a yeah. narcissistic, you know, crazy sort of thing that we've imparted to them. But that's half. Of Welcome it. to America. Yeah. <laughs> the other half is now. Where does that meet? you know a need and and particularly in terms of your community you know if you can if king if Dr King was going into schools he'd be talking about his beloved community that's that's what he liked to talk about you know just this sort yeah. of uh agape love and people you know the body the bible phrases it in terms of of a body you know that you don't you don't look at the other parts of the body and call them unimportant you know the hand yeah. can't say to the eye and so on and so on so uh how do you how does your what makes you happy how does that fit with the needs around you and so for me the bible's always made me happy i've loved the word of god since i was a kid and music was a late developing you know passion of mine and when i got to college i told you earlier i wasn't much of a musician but i was hanging out with a couple of great friends who were you know a, a wonderful sort of bridge for me between kind of this little sports culture i was a part of playing basketball And then this music culture, which is very different, you know, all these jazz cats and, you know, gospel singers and even classical musicians who have studied their whole life and, you know, can can do all the all the standard repertoire. You know, Uh, I needed a bridge. God knew I needed a bridge. And so my two best friends, you know, were soccer players that were one was in their college choir. The other one was in their college jazz or their high school choir. The other one was in their high school jazz band. So they could they were kind of the Troy Boltons of their <laughs> the, the high school musical, you know, basketball right. kid who did all the musicals. So they were who I hung out with and 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 transitioned into just a real love and I think a calling and a passion for music. So the Bible and music have always been a part of what makes me happy. And so where does that now coincide with the need I see around me? Super easy. Super easy. If we don't know our Bibles, let's get to know them. You know, if it, and so, anybody who wants to become more literate in the Scripture, uh, great. You know, I I want to serve that person that because it already makes me. I could. I've told Caitlin this, and I tell my board this, which scares them. I would do this if it was only for my kids. Yeah, <laughs> there's not much of a quantifiable return there, but I would. It would make me happy if it was only for my two kids. Seriously, I would be thrilled. I don't care about the reach when it comes to just my own personal happiness. But that's where the second part of the Beekner quote comes into play. It, what you do has to meet a need, or else you know, find something else. Find something else. You're not, you're not, you're not giving as much to your community if you're just simply thinking about what you are personally passionate about, and you're ignoring everybody else around you.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I can't believe you haven't used this word, mm. but I'm feeling it. It's like you're, it's like you're, you're leading me. What's the word? Maximization.
3: Yes.
2: That is his word. You're right. I'm surprised he didn't use it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I liked, well, that's great because I think (laughs) if I've used that around you, I was probably talking about how much I enjoy seeing others maximized, like, like being a part of pulling out gifts in other people. I think part of our relationship maybe is defined by this, Paul, because when you and I were doing a little work together back in the day, I'm not so sure you had ever, for one, maybe directed a choir. I don't know. Was that your first? Okay. I I don't know how much guitar playing you had done in church up to that point. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was really fun to just see, you know, put put a few opportunities in your path and see you go do that and i i really love i love that and this project allows me to do that all all day every day we had a girl here yesterday singing in caitlin's little condo which is where we're doing our our interview today and i don't know if you heard her but she was standing like right behind me right over here and i heard her kind of under her breath she's like i'm living my best life right now like Mm -hmm. this is what i'm living my dream right now just singing you know going from singing thing to singing thing and that's great, you know it's I, I love to see that to see people yeah. people uh with gifts get those gifts off the sidelines and in, into the into the game yeah yeah
1: Ah, oh, this is good, Samuel No, I mean, I just think it's a a really cool foreshadowing of like humanity when we're restored and resurrected. it's like you're you're challenging those in your community to live like as best as they can the life that God truly intended that doesn't have the impediments of sin and corruption and death and everything like weighing against us Um, and the more that we can lean into that in order to bless other people we kind of get to experience maybe just a smaller taste of what life and reality will be like when God redeems all that. So I just think that's really cool calling for and challenge for all of us. Yeah, I got to say, I mean, I've had, boy, I've lived
0: a long time. Mm-hmm. So I've had many seasons of maximization in different areas, right? Yeah. But right now, I, I maybe I shouldn't speak for both of us, but I feel like Samuel and I, this is a season of maximization. All this stuff with the podcast, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's just... It is stretching, and and it's so good, so good. And, you know, similarly, I think through the podcast, we're hoping that we're spurring people on to something, you know, as well. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. Well, listen, ah, man, I had no idea we could really talk this long and feel like <laughs> it's only been like five minutes. But, <laughs> listen, uh, we should probably sort of – uh, bring it to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this much I feel confident of. Once people listen to the interview, they're all going to have fallen in love with you. You know yeah. that this is all great because why wouldn't they? <laughs> so think we're nuts. <laughs> now that they know you personally and intimately, because you know you're close now. <laughs> what do they do? How do they find you? How do they stay connected with you? Et cetera, et cetera. This is your chance to kind of, yeah.
3: I don't know. Set, sell. Call plug. to action.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. There you go. That's what we always use.
3: I'll give. You, I'll give you the one sentence excitement version, and then Caitlin can actually answer your question. <laughs> uh, I'm like super excited right now because tomorrow. Uh, well, really tonight we're finishing something, but tomorrow I'm sending out a couple of links to a short list of folks that I have that are waiting to see our first two episodes of Axe, which is great because these are like. You know, either friends of mine are gatekeepers, whether they're, you know, in charge of a program at a university or they're a pastor of a church or they run a parachurch organization. I've got a list and all of the folks on this list, it's a short list, it's less than 12 people. They've all agreed to give me a couple hours of their life. You know, I said, hey, would you please just watch the first two episodes of Acts, you know, set aside basically the length of a feature film to watch a couple of one hour episodes And they were all enthusiastic yeses, which I'm so excited about because we've been in production mode and grind mode for so long that it's really cool to to have some people now waiting to see what we've been working on. So that's actually happening tomorrow where, you know, over tomorrow and and over the course of the weekend, we'll have some eyeballs on these fresh, brand new episodes that we've been working so hard on. But, Caitlin, you can actually answer his question about how people can connect to the project. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Blue Gospel Scripts, it's plural, Mm. bluegospelscripts.org. Go there, you click on online episodes, and you can scroll down and see all the ones we've done so far. Dave would probably say start with Pentecost, and I'll put the new ones up there as soon as I can. And then scroll all the way down and put your first name and your last name and your email in the Join Our Newsletter box so you can hear about what's coming next.
3: Mm. Yeah, and we typically have been putting out a new episode about every six weeks, and we'll see if that schedule continues through the year. We have plans for that schedule to continue all the way through 2021, and uh, but there's several episodes online already. Uh, mm-hmm. If they look at anything that was produced last year, we were essentially going through the high story of the Bible last year in seven uh, episodes, one from Genesis, Genesis. and then so... finish, finishing with uh, one of the ones that we have yeah. planned for the book of Genesis, or sorry, for the book of Revelation. Yeah. That's a book that's going to require a, a, few, yeah, a few episodes. <laughs> Genesis, Saul,
2: Christmas, Easter, Gospel in Greece, Paul's Journey to Rome, and the Revelation Churches.
3: Yeah, the Revelation Churches, which is basically chapters two and three of Revelation, so it's not mm-hmm. a lot of the book, but there's a lot of meat there. So oh, yeah. good stuff in there, but you know we just be happy to, to say hi in any context mm-hmm. if you jump on and, and let us know you're watching.
2: Yeah, we're looking at uh, leading a trip to Israel next year, That's next true. fall. So if you're on that email list, you're going to hear about that and how you can get in those tour buses with us.
3: Yeah, about what, there you 16 go. months from now, something like that. Yeah, it looks like
2: November yeah. 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, don't let Jason know. Yeah, shout out Jason <laughs> Fay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. watch the episodes. Get on the email list, and then like ask, ask the questions. Talk about it. Hey, I saw this thing, and it said this about um, King Saul. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I was reading my Bible, and it said this about King Saul, and I'd never seen that before, and I didn't realize, you know. Talk yeah. about it.
3: Yeah. What about those last three chapters of Judges? Oh, man. Why are they yeah. in the Bible? You know, stuff like this. Why do we have to know
2: about that?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're speaking my language. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Samuel, any parting words, re- interview-related? We're going to have you do the, the normal take us out, but anything?
1: No, I'm just thankful and appreciative that both of you all sacrificed your time for this space together, and our goal behind this is to emulate the... Hebrew idiom of yadah of Mm -hmm. like God truly knowing humanity and he wants us to model that and knowing him Mm -hmm. and knowing our fellow neighbor and hopefully you all got to experience that a little bit through our questions and conversation and mutual edification and that we both and our listeners can we can all leave this place and go and pursue that in our relationships with other people um, day by day so Mm. Uh, Dave and Caitlin, thank you all so much. Uh, mm. and thank can't you. can't wait to listen and follow along as you all continue to accomplish your goals that God's calling for you.
3: Mm. And you guys as well. That was mm. really we've done a few interviews over the last few years getting you know getting this launched and out there, but this was uh, super thoughtful, and we really appreciate you guys um, not just, you know. Fill in time, as it were, but putting so much into the preparation and asking questions that would even keep us, you know, on our toes and thinking. So, I know I appreciate the work that went into this. So, thank you. Any any
0: yeah. parting words, either of you? Got anything that we didn't get at, and you need to get it out before we go?
3: No, Apparently I think not. I think you've um, you've really allowed us time to explore and you know continue to to audibly attempt to communicate what what God is doing with us and hopefully through us with this project. So that's a blessing right there. And, uh, Paul, you've been a blessing for many, many years. I want your audience to know that I personally uh, love you and miss being able to hang out. Uh, And, you know, on a lighter note, you were the one who introduced me to UFC fights back in the day. (laughs) Which I don't. It's not. I'm not an avid fan at the moment, but it has allowed me to communicate with my two nephews who are visiting me right now, and they are crazy avid fans of UFC, and they're just wrestling and beating the crud out of each other right now in my house. So when I go back home, I'll be able to, to, to relate to them. You've made you've made the cool uncle.
0: Yeah,
4: that's yeah. awesome. Uh,
0: that is good. Yeah. Well. Uh, I don't want this to end, but every good thing must. So, Samuel, take us home. Mm.
1: Okie dokie.
0: Oh, Oh, wait, 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 wait. I almost forgot. We are going to have our regular outro, but at the end of that, we're going to have yet another song from Blue Gospel Scripts, just like we did at the end of part one of this interview, and I don't know if anybody remembers, just like we did way back at the beginning at the end of the episode titled the gospels number three so i hope you enjoy this one too
1: now Samuel, as dave and caitlin said you can get a hold of blue gospel scripts by going to www.bluegospelscripts.org you can get a hold of paul or myself at the email address okidokimos at gmail.com and until next time we hope and pray that you will do your best to present yourself to god as one approved A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We'll talk to you again soon.
4: Trees lifting leaves to the sky to glorify your pain. Like the stars in the skies, I'm wrapped all the night to give you praise. Like the sea lifts your voice to roar from the depths beneath her wings. I will praise you with everything I am. I was formed in your hands and you breathed your life in me. By your grace, I was born once again. By your love, you made me free. I can live, I can move in you. I am who I'm meant to be. I will praise you with everything I am. I will. The more